This is What You Ask For podcast. Five shows, four social media, three hosts, two contact modes, one podcast. Welcome to the Ask For Universe. you ask for extra the interview show where we go deep with a guest and talk about their story i'm your curator cm morrison as always welcome to the show and today we have a very familiar guest you've heard her many times you'll probably continue to hear her many times in the future but i'm joined today by daniella hi uh the what you ask for regular show co-host and she pops up on the other shows as well because she's just very reliable <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's always not too far to get to and, and pick a brain and, you know, use as a sounding board. So welcome to the show. So we've talked before a bit about what you do and yep. who you are. If you listen to the What You Ask For regular show uh, I believe it's episode five called The Diet is a Cast, where you talked yes. about being a nutritionist yes. and we discussed um, a few different diets. So we've, we've gotten a little bit of an insight, but what we're going to do today is, and today and, and a following episode, so this is a two-parter, guys. Mm. If you've been following us on s- social media, you'd already know this. Today we're going to talk about uh, life before being a nutritionist, uh, more specifically, your 10 years as a nurse. Yes. And uh, the tales therein. <laughs> and then um, we'll, we'll let you know what happens after that. Yes. So, uh, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready Let's to go? Let's do it. Do a, do a deep dive. All right. Let's well, do it. <laughs> you're, you're not terribly old, are you? No, no not you, terribly old. You're, yeah, older, I'm middle... Past my mid-30s now. Mid-30s, right. So, you've obviously, as I said before, you've spent 10 years as a nurse. But let's just go back a little bit. What were you... What were you doing before you got into nursing? Uh, before nursing, I was doing many things. I was manager of Australia's Pizza House. That was some fun times. Now, Australia's Pizza House, was that the one in Glenelg for our local listeners? No, listener? that was actually the one <laughs> down at um, near St. Agnes Way. So, Agnes, so that's I can't, uh, east... Oh my gosh, it's that long ago, I can't even remember the area. I say Agnes, it's near the hills, isn't it? Yeah, it's near the pub that was there. There was a pub around the corner. It's kind of there. Yeah. So, were you you making pizzas? Oh, I was making pizzas. I started off just making pizzas. I was about 16. Right. And then, um, yeah, progressed and started running the store with the other manager who bought it from the other owner and stuff like that and making pizzas and cleaning and general duties like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, left there. So you were still in high school at the time? Yes. I, w- I was, yeah, just out of, so I must be older than 16, I should say, sorry. Yeah, just out of high school, studying beauty therapy and working. That's right, sorry. I was older than high school. I was just finished high school. That's how long ago it was. 
yeah, I was studying to be a beauty therapist and needed money, so that was the way to go, I guess, because a friend, a girl I had met in class was like, oh, I'm working here, my my dodgy boss will give you a job. I was like, awesome, and that's just where it went from there. And so had you had aspirations to get into beauty therapy no. before? It's just because your wanted, friend wanted to be a marine biologist oh, wow. originally. Right. Back in the days when they ask you in like year nine, what do you want to be when you grow up, when you leave school? It was was a lawyer and then it was like, no, it's a marine biologist. And then it was an actor. And then I ended up doing beauty therapy because I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) Okay. And how long did you do that for? Uh, The course was for two years. Oh, wow. Right. And um, then I got a job doing that with a place that I uh, won't really talk about because that was horrible, most awful time of my life. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but I did love the job, like being a beauty therapist, making people feel good about themselves. Sure. I just did not like where I was working. And for those people who aren't familiar with beauty therapy, I, I just imagine waxing, but I'm sure there's more involved than that. Waxing, um, massage, uh, nails, pedicures. Now, these days, it's like, you know, your brow feathering and all that stuff. And brow? Yeah, like tattooing, eyebrow tattooing, oh, okay. all that kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Fun times. Lots of stories there, too. Out, out of my league. <laughs> Oh, we might have to touch on those <laughs> at some stage. So, okay, so we're we're up to so we're in early twenties. Yeah, um, you just came out of beauty therapy yeah, school. Yeah, you're working as a beauty therapist for how long? Uh, a couple of years. In between that, I also did floristry. I was a door bitch at What's a few places. Uh, so I was like at at nightclubs checking IDs. Oh, okay, like a bouncer, but like not a, a bouncer. Like a yeah, like a girl bouncer. We used to call them the door bitches. Um, yeah, and then fell into nursing after that. Fell into nursing? Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> you tripped over and fell into nursing? Pretty much. How'd that happen? I didn't have a job because I had left my beauty therapy job and my mum worked as a cook for a nursing home and she said, oh, we need a cleaner for a few months because someone's going away. It's really good money. You never cleaned before? The no, life, just uh, general home cleaning. cleaning. Right, yeah. And how old um, are you? About 25 I was about 24, 25. Right. And um, applied for the job, and the boss was like, yeah, sure, it's only for three months. It's full time. It was like 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., and the money was really, really good. So I was like, awesome. So I did that for three months, just cleaning a nursing home. So it was just cleaning, uh, like, residence rooms, the common areas, stuff like that. So what's that usually involved? Dusting? Dusting, mopping. mopping. Uh, Once a month it was, like, steam cleaning floors. But you worked with a partner, so... Right. It okay. wasn't that bad. Sure. Like, it was a bit gross every now and then because uh, patients can be... Well, I can imagine uh, being a... You know, <laughs> in a nursing home yeah. with dementia and things. So, sometimes it was a bit ooh, but, yeah. hey, I was I was cool with the money. All, so. the, all the fluids come out. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, literally just went, I really like hanging out with the elderly and didn't want to leave, but my three months were up and they just kind of went, you're a really good worker. We use you as like a, like in all areas, like laundry, kitchen, just like giving you jobs when we need someone to fill in. So they did that. And um, I just turned around one day and said, oh, maybe I really want to do nursing. Like I love what the nurses are doing with the patients and things like that and managed to get a scholarship through the nursing home. Oh, right. That, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was cool. So you didn't have to pay for your education. Not a cent. <laughs> and how long was that for? Uh, it was a two-year course compressed into one. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was full-time. So I was yeah. working at the nursing home, cleaning and doing whatever. Yep. And I was studying at the same time. So was it, like, what was the load like, though? What was the study load? Was it, was, it every day? Were you at was, uni? Were you at No, it was two college? days Two days a week at nursing school right. down Lee Street in 
the city. Uh-huh. Sorry. I don't know where Lee Street is. Uh, it's a little alleyway off of Hindley. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think they've moved now somewhere else. But, yeah, it was two, three full-time days a week, and then the rest of it was, like, your study time until you got to uh, placement, which was six weeks full-time. So study time was just you Your study books? time for assignments and right, reading, okay. reading and all that stuff. So you used that time to, or part of the time at least, to continue to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Had to work at the same time, unfortunately. Yeah. The hard part was placement because placement was like a six-week course and you had to do it in a nursing home and then you also had to do it in hospital so that's 12 weeks of full-time work that you don't get paid for and um so i was working and i was doing that so i was just constantly up and down the doctor wants to talk doctor's to talking to Daniela's dogs here but yeah that was not an easy time <laughs> but i got through it yeah right and then you graduate and... Then I graduated and the conditions of my uh, scholarship with the nursing home was that I had to stay with them for a minimum of two years. Okay. Which was fine because I was like, yeah, that's, you know, new nurse, very scared. <laughs> is that a specialty nursing area, aged care? Um, or is it, it you become a nurse and then you can go into whatever? It was a diploma of nursing, so it was just like a one step higher. I don't know if they still have that little step now. Right. But they say that a specialty for nursing for aged care is not really a specialty, but it kind of is, I feel, because it's so... People don't realise how demanding and hard it actually is. It's not easy. A lot of nappies to change. Not even that. It's just mentally draining, emotionally. It's Yeah, I think it's one of the hardest fields to work in. Yeah? Yeah. More so than emergency room Um, nursing? Well, I've been in emergency and I loved it, but that was so full on. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't for me. Uh, You don't get to spend much time with patients and talk to them. Yeah. I like the more one-on-one talking, getting to know a patient. That wasn't for me. Did mental health because I thought that would be interesting. It was interesting, but it just wasn't for me either. Yeah. So mental health, what, what's involved there? Um, so you pretty much, I was in a mental health unit uh-huh. and they're like the patients that need to be locked up and chemically sedated and things like that. All right. So it's really like psychiatric ward pretty, type. Yeah. Right, couldn't think on. of the word, but yeah. Yeah, sure. No, definitely. It's that, it's. Full on. My first day, I remember, was a code black and someone had tried to, a patient had tried to kill another student that was there and was like, I don't think this is for me. Nursing student. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It was full on. (laughs) So you like the idea of having long-term continual relationships with patients and I guess you can only really get that, I'd imagine, in nursing homes. Yeah. Because usually Um, every other field it's... In hospital, it's quick. It's like depending Unless they're like really ill or something. Depending where what field you're in with nursing, you don't get to really know your patients. And if you do start to get to know them on the ward, they're going to leave anyway yeah. after they've had surgery and they've healed. They're gone. So you don't get to build that kind of relationship with them. I wanted to be there for their worst times for the elderly. For me, why is that? Just having gone through things in my own life and not having been there when people have passed, I think in my way it was like fulfilling yeah. that for them. So I think that's why I turned to, like, palliative care and dementia and stuff like that. You like the idea of being with people when they... Their last moments, their last when there's moment. no and one else there. Been, haven't you? Many, Many times, times yeah. yeah. Okay. So you you get a, a scholarship at this nursing home, and is this the nursing home you stay in for 10 years? Yep. Or Okay. I ended up staying. So it's you only ever really work in one nursing home? Yeah, yep. I did. <laughs> All right. And can you tell us about that? 
Um, yeah, it was fun. It had its moments. It, obviously, there's always the, the good and the bad. Could you d- um, just set it up for us? Like, I mean, obviously, don't okay, give so any names or anything, but no, just no. give us a general sense of the size and who's working there. So there's about, there's 40 patients. Yep. And there's, um, say, like on a morning shift, it's a lock-up, so people can't get out unless you have swipe cards and codes because of dementia patients couldn't always get out and you don't want that happening. But it doesn't look like a jail or anything. No, no, no. It's just got like swipey cards yeah, and it's just little pin they, codes. They can't get out. They they can't get out well, is the thing. They're, they're we'll get to, to that. <laughs> and there's like beautiful gardens and outdoor areas and there's like sensory rooms inside and there's... What's a sensory room? So it's a room where patients can go where there's music or there's like hands-on toys just to... Um, we take like uh, dementia patients there when they're getting a bit aggro and frustrated, just to calm them down. And okay, there's light, like you can set lights to um certain color and. So literally, how it sounds, it's yeah. like there's something for the senses to yeah. chill people out, whether it's visual or tactile yep. or audio. All right. So the place is nice, and obviously there's like kitchens and. Each patient had their own room. And it's just a basic room, right? It's just like it's just a basic room bedroom. with a bed and side cabinets and television and whatever else. Yep, they have a share bathroom with the person. So it was a connecting bathroom okay. with the person next door. Yep. Sometimes they'd become great friends. Sometimes they wouldn't. It just depended. Yeah, they'd have to time their, their, their use of it well, especially yes. the toilet. Well, a lot of them weren't able to toilet themselves, so it was up to the nurses oh, okay. to do all the toileting, scheduling so that made there. made it a bit easier. Yeah. For some, sure. but um, it wasn't like a prisony kind of place like people sometimes think nursing homes are these horrible just, I places. I'm thinking when as soon as you say lockdown and yeah. in any context, it sounds as though it's you know penal. Yeah, uh, is that the right word? Penal. Penal, not penal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just wanted to. Oh, you got a message. You're popular. Oh, very. Anyway, we won't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Yeah. Where were we? Uh, you were talking about how when you say lockdown, it sounds like a prisony yeah, type yeah. of setting. So you're in this uh, facility. It's quite a nice space. And yeah. How many staff are on usually? Uh, depending on the shift in the morning, there was like two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, including an RN and an EN. A I don't reg- know what that A means. registered nurse and an enrolled nurse. Which means... So they're in charge. A registered nurse is in charge. Right. They pretty the much boss. run the entire shift. They're like the matron. Yeah, pretty in, much. In the country, country practice. Yeah. And then... They're the boss. Yep. Boss lady. Then the... <laughs> yeah, now I'm picturing like a matron. Matron like a, Is that her name? I can't remember. I don't know. I've never watched country practice. Oh, yeah. I'm drawing on very loose <laughs> images from the past. Showing my age. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a registered nurse. And then an enrolled nurse, would is which is a newer thing. They um, would work under the registered nurse. So they're like the second in charge, and were they Pretty like much. the f- other nurses? Then there was the carers. So they in this facility. The oh, okay, ca- so the there's no. It's just uh, nurses are either RNs or ENs. Yeah, and, the rest and then are, there's carers. Yeah. So okay. they were the ones that woke them up in the morning and got them dressed, showered, feed them, those types of things. Yeah. Even, Even though they they care for them, they don't have like the official responsibility. Yeah, that's right. So if something happened, it lands on the EN, and if something happens with the enrolled nurse, then it lands on the RN at the end of the day. Excellent. So, yeah. So the morning shift always had the most staff. 
mm-hmm. because there was always the most going on. And there was like diversional therapists around, so doing activities with people. So they diversional therapists. therapists. So they'd come in or occupational therapists. Okay. I'm not sure what they still call them now. Sure, changes all the time. Yeah. So there's always activities, and you know. And you have not been a nurse for about three four, years. Three years now. So yeah. So yeah. things could have changed by now. It would have been changed. <laughs> I, I guess it would have changed that much. Yeah. Who knows? A little bit. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the mornings. That's the like busiest time. And your basic, your general duties. Basic roughly. duties was like you sit in a handover where you find out what's happened from the night before. Yeah. Then you have a drug round, which is split into was split into twenty twenty. I was imagining like a big roulette. <laughs> no, and, you, and the staff just put on. You get drug a massive. Choice. You get a massive trolley, and yeah. it's just full of everybody's drugs, and yeah. you have. These, and you don't give it to the patients; it's just for the just for yourself. Stuff. Yeah, you do a drug round, um, help with breakfast if you want to. Um, I always did. A lot of the enrolled nurses or registered nurses wouldn't help because they're like, "Oh no, it's kind of beneath me." But I did everything. Like I wiped asses and I dressed people and I showered people. We're a team, you know. It's the patient that's going to suffer if not everybody's helping. Yeah. So I just to do whatever I could do to help. Did you find that you were well staffed or was it understaffed? It was always understaffed. Always understaffed. So you always was... needed more stuff. Like 40 patients and seven people dressing them and having them all ready by like 9.30 when they start at 7 is ridiculous. And if something happens, there's an accident, someone falls. I guess this is assuming everything's working. Smooth, going, yeah, smooth order. Smooth sailing and no, no <laughs> patients sort of. Because you, you're working with dementia patients, which dementia can be and, potentially volatile or unpredictable. Yeah, and if they're not in the mood to get dressed and you can't force someone to want to come out and have breakfast if they don't want to. But a lot of, well, I know our nursing home was very big on dressing the patient and bringing them to the dining room for breakfast, even if they didn't want to, which used to really piss me off. Because so if someone's refusing, I would not want, like, I'm not going to drag them out. Yeah. Is that to get them, keep them in a routine or is yeah. it more about Mostly keeping up a certain appearance? For I think the... a bit of both because it's like being force fed. If a patient doesn't want to eat, you can't force Because I imagine them. there's like inspections. and like, Oh, yes. Yeah. Big time inspections. There's so much. It's changed even now. There's so much you have to do. Yeah. They're, they're not the funnest places in the world, but they're unfortunately necessary. Yeah. Good times and bad times there. The What You Ask For regular show is where we attempt to answer some of life's big and small questions. Got a question you'd like us to answer? Email us at askforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Do you want some, some of, of my stories? stories? This is what I we've have, come for. We've got the background, we've got the setup. I have not just nursing home stories, though. That's I have right. we'll, stories from the, the hospital as a little student and stuff, too. You can share whatever you want. So, let's see. Where can where should I start? <laughs> start wherever. You can jump around if my you most, My most shocking, maybe, as a student, uh, was in a hospital here in Adelaide. <laughs> And a patient came in with really bad pain down in the uh, genital area or, or butt area. Okay, I should say a little bit of pain. I should say excruciating screaming pain. And uh, we took them for x-rays and there was, you never guess, you never guess. Something uh, like a vacuum cleaner? No, uh-huh. there was a styrofoam dildo homemade up this person's butt. 
styrofoam. Styrofoam, because when they surgically removed it, it was made out of styrofoam. So the stuff that they pack boxes with. Yeah. So this person had fashioned themselves a... Homemade dildo. Homemade dildo. Yep. How big was it? It was about, I'm showing you with my fingers. Nine inches? Yeah, maybe. Ten inches? But it was like shaped like a rocket. They had carved it into like a rocket (laughs) They they gave it some care. They did, because it had like their... Uh, like a like their signature on the side. Oh, and so they were really proud of yeah, this. Yeah, they were. Was it signature worthy, this piece of art art? <laughs> I guess so. I don't think they uh, expected it to get stuck or whatever they were doing, but... The signature was their undoing. Yes. Um, um, so... That was fun. It was a, got stuck up their butt and... They had to have it surgically removed. What, how, how do you surgically remove... Well, I didn't get to go watch that surgery, but it was surgically removed. Yes. But uh, we... The X-ray. We X-rayed many uh, strange. I'm just trying items. to work out how 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 that would work. I suppose styrofoam. You could probably cut through. I th- I think and break the, it up a bit and the, pull it out. I think the I problem I with know. just pulling it out was that it was breaking off. Yeah. So that's why it had to be surgically removed. So I'm not exactly sure how that would have worked because I picture it very strangely. But yeah. yeah, I didn't get to watch that. Okay. So that was a very strange thing. But we've had also things like bottles. So what happens <laughs> in? Because I, I imagine that's. Would you say that's fairly regular occurrence? People getting stuff yeah. stuck up, <laughs> stuck up their stuck butts. up their butts. Um. They're, the stories of how they happen is what's funny. I don't know what happened. I sat down and I must have sat on my bottle. And this guy had like a Coke bottle up his butt. I think you'd feel it. Before. Okay, look. Exactly. You know, whatever. But these um, were like the the stories yeah, yeah, yeah. that they would give because they don't want to obviously tell you exactly yeah. what's going on there. Straw, like a, when you say a bottle, like is that a full bottle? Those little, no, empty, like those little. No, I don't mean it's full. Like <laughs> I mean like. The entire it, bottle. The entire bottle. Yeah, yeah, the entire bottle. Yes, yes. You work. look like you're trying to picture it. Yeah, I'm trying to work it out. Um, okay. And, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, so you stick and saying it, you're about, and what, may, what where, where's the point where you say, okay, no, just a little bit more. You'd think and, they would know. And then it gets <laughs> lost, and it's like, oh, can't just poop that out, can you? Ah, uh, no. Do you need a little bit of help? <laughs> Uh, okay. Yes. So, what's some other things that people stuck up their butt? Uh, look, uh, <laughs> straws. 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 Like, Drinking straws. Like straws. I'm just why pointing to my straw before? right now. Wouldn't they just I don't away? understand why. Do people just panic? Go, oh. I think that's the big thing. I think they like, oops, oh. can't get hold of it again. Is your dog okay? Because it keeps making that noise. Does he? Maybe I'll just chuck him on the floor. There you go. I'm not really sure what he wants. But anyway... Is, is We've also had um, getting creeped out by all of this. I think so. Arse, sticking stuff up asses conversation. Um, what are they called? Trophies, little kid trophies that you get from up like sports days and stuff. Yeah, yeah, up the butts. Was it the kids or the kids? It was it her. It was her daughter's ballet. I'll never forget it. Her daughter's ballet trophy. Is it the same? Do you have any vaginal ones as well? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Urethra yes. ones? No. Okay. No, not that I know You're of. not sure that's the pen- penis hole? Yes. Like weird ones. So what were some weird things that went in the vagina? Pens. Like pen. Writing pens. Pen. Writing pens. And would um, it just go into the vaginal canal or would it I'm go guessing, right into the... I'm guessing that she had pushed it so far up that she couldn't get a hold to get it out and that was the problem. So she came in to get the fourth week. The the doctor only used like forceps. She didn't have surgery or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. not the, sure. the little. Yeah, I guess it's. A, <laughs> I'm imagining it's a bit easier to get stuff out the vagina than the butt. <laughs> than the butt. Yeah, 
you got a bit more lubrication to work with. Yeah. It was, um, we had a girl who had an accident once. She, um, was using her, she was in her boyfriend's car and it was a, uh, what are they called? A, a manual car. And okay. she was, uh, putting on a little show for him uh-huh. and she was masturbating with his gear stick and slipped. Oh no. Yeah. He, he brought her in. Like, <laughs> I had to take the gear stick off. Well, she came in without the gear stick in her obviously but there was fair damage done ah right okay so she found a way what's your dog doing i'm not sure should we just pause for a moment sure let's do that (laughs) sorry quick break want to watch a movie but not alone then listen to our what you ask for movie commentaries where we give our take on some of the most popular movies out there and we also like to play some movie games so you can join in on the fun with us thanks for listening and we're back what a lovely ad (laughs) or or ads that i have inserted there (laughs) so we're talking about uh you're in um early on nursing school and uh, some of the experiences you came across with people sticking things up there. Places. Up their places. <laughs> so, uh, what else you got? What else have I got? Blow um, our minds. A lady came in uh, to the hospital and was pretty adamant that her bladder had fallen out. Her bladder? Her had bladder fallen. had fallen out. Now, can that happen? Um, you can have a prolapsed bladder where it pops out, but it's this not. This is more of a woman thing. Right? Yeah, it's not just going to fall all the way out. Hers had apparently fallen all the way out I, into her underwear. I just had an image of a guy's I have to. ladder. <laughs> so, sorry, say so, what, what So, she, uh, she said her bladder had fallen out. It was in her underwear right. and she needed to be examined. And she needed stuck back up. We uh, took her to her room and we went to put her in a gown and when we removed her underwear. It was polystyrene. Right. It was a potato. It was what? A potato. A potato that she had, had out. originally put inside her, ah. forgotten about, and had fallen out, and she thought it was her bladder. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She had a few mental health issues. Okay. She, she did all get right. it. Well, there Hang we go. On. Okay. Let me finish. Yeah, I was, I was, she did I was get trying a... to work all that out because I'm thinking <laughs> if your bladder fell out, you would have known there would have been some pain, there would have been some attachment still. Yeah, yeah. She did get a psych consult for that. So it was. A, was it a big potato? Um, it was a decent sized potato. Was it like a white potato? Uh, was it, it was like a red potato. A sweet I remember potato? that. A no, red, it was a red. A red skin potato. Yes. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, the red potato. The red potato. The red skin potatoes. Right. Yes. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, uh, I can kind of see if I had a mental illness and I had stuck a red potato up me, and I forgot about it. Might have been a while. Fair it, enough. It popped out. And I'm not making fun of people with mental illnesses. No, 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 I just no, want no. to put that out there. No, but they do have funny stories. But there are some, you know, funny things that do happen. Yeah. Yes. But look, if you're going to stick a potato up yeah, and forget about it and then it pop <laughs> out. Might as well make it a worthwhile story. Be prepared that it's going to end up on a podcast sometime. You never know these days, <laughs> hey. But right. yes. Keep going. We, we, we've uh, got let's, all episodes. Let's, let's head to the nursing home. <laughs> All right. Let's head so to the no, nursing no more, home. No oh, more pre-nursing we might, home stories. We might go back there, but let's You're just having to- some total recall. I am, there. actually. So, uh, speaking of penises and sure. things like that, I think it was my second day working there as a nurse. 
This is the nursing home that you spent the nursing the 10 home. Years in, yes, yeah. uh, previously was the cleaner, and then eventually, when I became the nurse, it was my second or third day, I think it was, and I had to go and help one of the carers change a patient. He was a very um, he was a bit blind, and he couldn't walk on his own, and he couldn't dress himself and things like that. But he's a very chatty man, and uh, elderly men from Europe which were most of the patients. They were all from – most of them were from overseas, didn't have a lot of family here. Yeah. But anywhere in Europe? Because Europe's like um, – we, we were mostly uh, Serbian, Hungarian, some Italian. So uh, Southern European. Yeah. Uh, we had a few Australian patients, but mostly like European uh-huh. uh, that didn't speak English a little, if at all. Right. But he uh, knew exactly what he was saying <clears throat> when he said what he said to me this morning when we – had walked in his room and yeah. he was sitting up on the edge of his bed and he looked at the nurse that he knew and she was an old lady and then he looked at me and his face kind of lit up because oh. I was like a young nurse and he was like, oh. And he flopped out his flaccid penis and he's playing with it and he goes, it still works, honey. It still works. And I was <laughs> horrified because I was like, that was my first uh, old man penis that I've seen. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Okay. And they're like, you need to stay away from him. Is old man penis particularly different from <laughs> general penis? A lot, lot more wrinkly spots? and strange looking. I don't know. I've seen many and... Strangely hairy? Yeah. Some are, and they're balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> they hang. They are massive. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a sorry for men. <laughs> yeah, that's... They're so... <laughs> they're like a, those sheep balls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, memories. <laughs> 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 and so so he's slapping it about and he's, yeah and he told me yeah. honey it still works and, and so I, was, I was just stood there horrified and the other nurse told him off in whatever language they were talking and then sent me away to go get she breakfast she got a stick and whack it and said no 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 but the week after when I went to his room on a on a night shift he, he said to me hello darling and I was like hi how are you he's like I'm a very good you can come into bed with me now <laughs> and I was like no, that's okay. He goes, come on, honey. And again, with the, the okay. flopping it out, it'll work if you touch it just a little bit. I did not touch it. I left him there. Uh, and um, a few weeks later, they actually organized for, for a prostitute to come in to help him relieve himself with permission from the family. Oh, right. Okay. I don't know if you if, if she was known as a prostitute, but she pretty much was. A, a lady who got paid to help, help old men. Right. Yeah, so they wouldn't harass staff. Really? Is that legal? Uh, back then, when I first started, apparently it was okay to do that. So where do you get a... Uh, is, uh, is she an older lady? She was an she older a, lady. Right. Um, nowhere near as old as he was. He was about 90, so... Yeah, but it wasn't like a... It was not like they went to Highland Street. No, 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 no. It was some like legit agency that did it for old people. Like a nursing home relief yeah, agency. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And she used to come a few times for him so he wouldn't harass staff because they couldn't chemically restrain him in that way. They weren't allowed to, but uh, these days they do now. Yep. So there's medications, obviously, to make you not yeah, yeah. get too excited, but you can still flop it out regardless <laughs> and make comments and, you know. I guess if you're chemically, not neutered, but chemically dull, then you're unlikely to pull it out, aren't you? Oh, not really. No? No? You're they still... still flop it out or would say how long it's been and they'd still try and go there or touch your butt still when you're doing right. something and 
try and grab your boobs. Okay. Nothing stopped them. Oh, even, there you go. Yeah. Even other patients. I've learnt something new. <laughs> Nursing home prostitution. <laughs> could make some money from that. You could now. Yeah, I reckon. Sure. Get a little agency going. Yeah. <laughs> if it's legal, I guess. It's probably not. Oh, okay. Well, we should take this bit off the podcast then. No. <laughs> they don't know where it was. No, I'm talking about your potential business. Oh, no, I would never do that as a potential business. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Not myself, anyway. Yes, um, what else have we had? Um, we've had I, – I, I could talk about poo till the cows come home. Give us at I've least seen, one. Give us, like, the best I've poo. I've seen patients. The biggest poo. They story. were eating chocolate mousse for dessert for dinner. Okay. That was all fine. Which already looks like poo. Which already looks like poo. Went around the nursing home. By the time I'd come back to the dining room, there was this awful smell. And one patient was eating literally poo out of their cup that had previously had chocolate mousse in it. So had they pooed in it? Another patient wanted to give them their chocolate mousse. (laughs) Because he had asked for another one and didn't have any. And so this little old lady said, I'll get you some. And she came back with her tub full of poop. Right. I'm guessing it was her own because I wasn't there when it actually happened, but he was eating. He said it was delicious. Wow. (laughs) Ah, I've heard about these people. Yeah, uh, poos of all colours I've seen and they paint the walls with them or... What's the most interesting or, or surprising colour poo you've seen? When I saw my first red poo because of blood, oh, that freaked me out because it was literally like the whole thing was bloody. Yeah. That was a bit creepy. Yeah. But that happens if you eat too much beetroot as well, so sure. that's okay now that I know that. Is, was um, that the case with this pit patient? No. no okay. This was a medical was problem. A, right. <laughs> um, I've seen purple. Purple poo. Purple. Uh, patient had eaten paint. <laughs> ah, I think purple is probably it was purple the funniest. Yeah, did they do anything with it, or did it just? It was just in their nappy. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, we need to report this, maybe." <laughs> Where did they get the paint from? Uh, obviously, when they had uh, their painting session that day for oh, diversional okay. therapy, I'm guessing they would have eaten some paint or Took something. Took a shot of paint when the therapist on wasn't review looking. on review of the uh, the notes from the day. We had seen that it said patient had consumed paint. Okay. But I had not read that previously, so Oops. kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. White poo's freaky. White poo? White. What's like, that from? It can be from medical conditions usually. Mm-hmm. It's like, it looks like a really, really dehydrated poop. It, is it got the consistency? And look, Still you know, looks like poo. I guess I don't want to get into too much detail. I'm a, I was a nurse. Doesn't the consistency me. of poo, but white. But white. But look as though it's kind of like dried poo. Like it's fine if a dog has poo. It looks like liquid, liquid paperish. Like, liquid, like white. Liquid paper poo. Yeah. Uh, Medical condition, but that yeah. was a bit weird. Sure. It was like albino poop. Albino poop? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have What been... condition do you need? I really can't tell you off the top of my head. They okay. had some form of cancer happening, uh, so I think it has to do with that. Needless to say, if you. Pr- Poo isn't a, a brownie colour, you probably do want to get checked out. Yeah, I mean, you can get away with yellow, yep. depending on how yellow. Um, that usually just means your digestion. Di- blah, blah, blah. Digestion is really quick when it's that colour, when sure. it's yellow. But yeah, it could have to do with what you're eating too at the exactly. time. Exactly. Especially if it's poo, um, paint. Paint. <laughs> or <laughs> um, beetroot. Yeah, okay.
know what we're up to next? Want to get involved in our latest listener polls? Like, follow, comment and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. Just search Ask for Pod and join the What You Ask For community. Thanks for listening. That's enough with the poo ones. Yeah. Give us something else. Um, we've had I've been, we've hurt, had I've been hurt by patients. I've been stabbed with scissors, bitten, kicked, nearly had my arm broken, pushed up against a wall and like elbowed in the face. Wow. Yeah, I've had lots of hair pull. What, like what's been hair. the most extreme? The most scariest and extreme was when, okay, I know stabbing with scissors sounds bad, mm. but it wasn't my most extreme for me. My most extreme was um, an extremely aggressive patient grabbing me by the wrist throwing me up against the wall and just twisting my arm to the point where i thought it was going to snap and he this was is, this the, was a bigger dude no he was a small dude smaller than but you. the strength was and you're ridiculous. quite small like you know well back then bit. i was smaller but he like was height i mean your height height wise he was maybe a touch taller than me and you're about what I'm five two. um he was a touch taller than me skinniest little thing you would think he would break in the wind yeah but he was just... Pure muscle. It was ridiculous. I couldn't get away from him. Right. I'm what, lucky. So what happened? He was actually... Uh, he had dementia, and the patient that was across from his room, he used to think was his wife, and she was bedbound. He, one night, went into her room thinking it was his wife uh-huh. and got on top and was trying to get into her pants because he thought it was her wife, his wife. Uh-huh. I came along... The door was shut, which was very strange because this woman can't get out of bed to shut her door. Yeah. Opened the door and he was on top of her pulling down her nappy and things and I just – it was probably not the right thing to do, but I freaked out and literally just pushed him off because <laughs> I was so freaked out at the image that I was seeing. And right, sure. Yeah. I seriously thought he was raping her. So yeah, sure. I just pushed him off and he went off the edge of the bed. I'm pressing the call button and that's when he just – Suddenly was beside me, grabbed me, threw me into the wall, twisted my arm ridiculously, and just pressing like me up against the wall, holding my arm, and then one hand was like on my chest, pushing me, and he was using his body weight, which wasn't heavy, but he was just like the strongest thing ever. Right. In that moment, was and he then saying anything? Or? He was mumbling in Russian, so right. I have no idea what he was saying, but it sounded it sounded mean. Sure. <laughs> Um, and then another nurse came by. She, then all I remember is she, he was suddenly thrown off me and there was just people on top of him. Yeah, sure. Right. That was like scary. Did you say you were stabbed with scissors? Yes, I was. That was quite funny actually. What and happened? My favourite patient in the whole world. She was uh, a bit crazy, but that's why <laughs> I loved her. Up until this point or? Still up until this uh, point, she was one of my favourite. I don't know how she got scissors in her hand, but she was, she couldn't walk and she was restrained to a chair, but she was freaking feisty all the time but she loved me she loved me and it was great because once she'd learned that I was on the shift she'd call my name the entire day and night she'd just be like Daniela even if I wasn't there Daniela all day and night not for me when I wasn't there for everyone else it was annoying but um I went to do something and I I noticed she had these scissors in her hand and she was um restrained chemically not chemically but um with uh Restraint. Yeah, I can't think of physical restraints. Yeah, around her waist with a yeah. padding thing. She was trying to cut herself out of like these. Like you see Terminator Two. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
And I just went up to her and said, oh, hi, Mrs. Bubba. What do you got there? And she was like, I'm trying to get out of this. I need to go. I need to get home. Like, I live at Welland and I need to go home. She, I, I still remember her address off by heart. That's what's funny that she used to tell me. And she's trying to cut. And I said to her, well, why don't you give me the scissors? I said, because I know how to use them properly. I said, I'll cut you out and we'll go together. And she looked at me with this really funny look like she trusted me, but she just wasn't sure. And she goes, okay. And she went to pass me the scissors and then bang, she just went, nah. And she just went for my arm, which was lying there. And I still have the Your scar. Forearm. Yeah, I still have the scar. She's just showing me there. Okay, so it's a good, what? It's what? A few millimetres? Yeah. It was just the tip of the scissors. Just there. Yep. And um, I just screamed because obviously she just stabbed me with scissors. I'm like, you stabbed me with the fucking scissors. And she's like, well... You lied to me, bitch. And I was like, <laughs> how does she know? But I grabbed the scissors anyway and, um, yeah, got them away from her. And she thought it was hilarious. The blood and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. And she remembered for weeks that that happened because she kept telling everybody, I'll stab you with scissors. I'll stab you with scissors. <laughs> but she loved me. <laughs> she yeah. loved you to death. She did. She did. I did love her. Nice. Mm, very nice. <laughs> what else has happened? Um... Oh, I got bitten by a patient. He never usually had teeth in and he used to wear arm protectors because he used to bite himself. So arm protectors, were they these the, uh, the ones that are made out of diving suit material? No, these are the dodgy, uh, cheap ass, just um, a lady made some with some cotton old T-shirts. She crocheted a f- Pretty a much, just so they could pull them on so he wouldn't hurt himself when he was biting himself because... He had no teeth anyway, so they t- ended up taking his teeth away from him because he was causing so much damage to his arms. Right. But he would still bite even with his gums. Yeah. So they made these arm protectors for him. Can you do much damage with just gums? Um, it'd be surprised. Um, he still would bruise himself because he would just bite down so hard. Right. Just what, with his why gums. Was that? What was, was it was that a sensation thing? Or? Yeah, it, for him, because of his dementia, it was just something. Yeah. He used to apparently say, I just need to feel something and... <laughs> I just need to put my gums on my <laughs> Pretty arms. much. But the one day that he bit me, he had his teeth in. Ah. So that hurt And a where lot. did you get bit? I got bit here. On the other arm? Yeah. Roughly in the same yeah. spot? He did draw blood, but okay. not a lot. No scar? Uh, only that little bit there. I wonder okay. if you can see him. No, not really. Yeah. It's, that was a long while ago. great in here though, but... Yeah, he bit me. Because he used to always... When a lady would walk past, he'd hold his hand out, mm-hmm. and everyone who walked past would give him their hand, and he would kiss it. Okay. So the old gentleman. Yeah. He, was, he was a nice guy, but I know people don't believe in sundowners and all that, but when the sun would go down is when he would want to bite people. <laughs> so Sorry, say again, sundowners? sundowners? Is that a th- What's that? All nursing homes and people that work in them believe in when the sun goes down is when the patients start to go crazy. Okay. Oh, so this is the same as the full moon thing too. We used to believe that too. <laughs> Which was when the moon was full. They go crazy. They went crazy. Yeah. Right, and we'll start with the sundowners. So when thing. the sun goes down is when they would play up the most. I think that's because back then I used to believe it because everybody else believed it. Right. But now having a bit more sense maybe, it's they're tired by that stage. They, you know, yeah. they're hungry, they're frustrated, they want to go to bed. You're sure. going to play up. Why not? I would follow it. I'd be playing up all the time. Was it always the same people or was different? It's always the same with the usual random that would come along and want to join in. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he um he had held his hand out as I walked past. And we'd done this every day. He'd kiss my hand, hello. Yeah. 
It was fine. Um, he kissed my hand and then he started to stroke my arm. Was this always before the sun went down? This was when the sun went down that day. Well, this day. So I'm talking about prior though. Usually oh, prior when... it was always before. Yeah. <laughs> so this one day it was after. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he just, he was doing the whole, um, Adam's family kissing up the arm thing. Oh, and I no. was like, oh, Ooh. I was like, oh, so and so that's enough. The game is I was like, that's enough. Now come on. I have to go get your dinner kind of thing. And he just went <laughs> and took a, chunk <laughs> yeah and i was like who the fuck put his teeth in because <laughs> he's not meant to have teeth in so he drew blood yeah, yeah on one tooth like one little bit yeah. but oh. that was okay and you know initial reaction when someone hurts you was to fight back and you can't just slap out an old person like that no, you know so like, i'd pick my arm up because its initial reaction was to hit him back yeah. and i was like oh no what am i doing like yeah. calmly get him to let go <laughs> Yeah, it'd be hard. It's very hard. Got a question? Got a comment? Want to interact and help shape our shows? Then email us. Askfulpod at hotmail.com That's A-S-K-E-D-F-O-R-P-O-D at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, there's there's so many stories and so many things that happened, good and bad, that I just miss it. You do miss it because it has has been a few years. It has been a few years. Which we'll go into later. Can't um, go back. you You can't go back and it's not to do with anything other than your your basically your health. Yep, pretty um, much. But it's And you're no longer a nurse officially anymore. No. But, no um, registration anymore. You do miss taking care of I do miss it. And I miss being able to be there for like uh, the patients in their last moments and So do you want to family. talk about that? It's maybe a That was that I it's gonna sound terrible. When I saw my first patient well, dead <laughs> I didn't even flinch like a lot of people would react to seeing a dead body. What do you mean dead? Like they were suddenly they were laying in bed and they, they were passed, in bed or? and they were gone already. And yeah. I had gone in there to help another nurse because there's things that you need to do after someone passes away before sure. the family can come and visit if there's any family. And I imagine making like a record of that would be one of those things. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot of people get a bit funny about being around a, a body that's yeah. passed, but I was fine with it. Which I found really, I to myself, I thought it was really weird that I was okay with it. It didn't affect be in that way. You so you had a natural I, ease around people. Yeah, who it's very strange for me recently I, to say that. <laughs> died. Yeah, I think because I'd lost a few people in my life, I maybe I was used yeah. to being around a person that had passed away. Sure, with the body. But um, yeah, it's a very strange feeling to be there for someone in their last moments when they've got absolutely nobody and they're begging you to not let them die alone. It's I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a I don't know. It's I used to do it because I, I don't even, I can't even explain it because it's such a weird feeling. I'm gonna start mm. crying about it. <laughs> it's the feeling is really overwhelming. Just to be that last source of comfort for them. Yeah, sure. And not to be alone. Well, I'll ask you about what's involved, but like, how many to give us a pitch? How many people have you sat with while they? They passed. More than 10 or 11, oh, if so not quite a, more. Quite a few. Yeah. Between 10 and 20. So. Yeah. Okay. And is there a, a common thing that would happen? Would you sit and hold their hand and talk to them? Or Pretty what, much what, they what, just... What would, what would happen? What's the process from... They usually just want comfort. 
Now, how do you know they're dying? Do you, are there um, signs? Usually the ones on palliative care. Uh, palliative care is when you're terminally ill and yeah. that's your last stages of life. So you know yeah, you're same. going to die. Um, you know when they're going to die from the way they're breathing and sure. things like that. Sometimes it happens suddenly and you don't know. There's physical signs you can... Yeah, that's yeah. right. So when they know, it seems to always be right. Like when they're sitting there saying, "Oh, this is my last moment," so I, like they can feel it obviously okay. with yep. their breathing and yep. the way they're sounding and stuff. Yep. And when they just when they have no family or the family's not there in time, they would usually just be like, "Oh, don't leave me! I don't want to die alone." And it's tears. Like the thing is, they don't want to be alone is the big thing. So they're scared. They're very scared, and they're saying sorry for all these things they've done. Especially if those last moments, if they think you're their family member which a lot of them used to think for some reason I was their daughter. Yeah. They would apologize for things that they'd done. Yeah. They'd have to apologize and they'd want to hold your hand or they want you to just like touch their forehead or just something. Yeah. Until they're gone. Some sort of contact. Yeah. Because these people have had probably no contact with many of their family members physically. The most contact they get is from their nurses. Would you find that people were often just dumped in nursing homes and forgotten about? Yep. Right. They come at the end after when they're dying yeah. to settle their wills and things like that, which was really sad. Okay, so it's more of a a money yeah. interest rather than yep. concern about their well-being. Yep, more than 50% of all my patients had family that were never around, never visited, yeah. and they lived here. Some had no family in Australia, so that was different. Right. But the ones that had family living here... <clears throat> A lot of them never had visitors. Never, not even like once a year on a birthday. Nothing. Did they didn't all have didn't, dementia? Did they? No. So there would have been people who didn't have family come in. Yeah, they quite, knew about it. You know, conscious about it. It must have fucked with them. Yeah, they used to always say um, to us nurses, "Use them. You are our family. Like okay, you're my yeah, family. You, you're you my family. family. Yeah. You remind me so much of my daughter. You're like my daughter. Yeah. Or <laughs> you're like my daughter, but <laughs> I'm stabbing with this. <laughs> but you, you, I see you. As opposed to not seeing my daughter. Yeah. Right. Like, they, the nurses and the people that worked in that place, even the cleaners or the, the cooks, like, yeah. they were their family. They knew them. Yeah, yeah. It's so, going back to... Heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it sounds horrible. Um, so, going back to... So, when people are passing, they, they're, they're wanting comfort. So, you're holding their hand or touching their forehead. Yeah. Then I imagine they're slowly Their breathing fading. starts to go funny, depending yeah. on what's going on. They get the that fluid in the lungs and the gurgling. And then they get that really weird, like, they just stop breathing and then they take that one big breath. It's like the last kind of yeah. let go and then that's it. And I'm usually holding their hand, so I'm also feeling for a pulse while I'm doing that, sure. keeping count of what's going on. Yeah, so you're also aware of how the heart's yeah. reacting. Trying to pay attention to everything that's going on. Yeah, sure. And also be there with them in their moment. Yep. So when you say the deep breath, oh, I haven't been around anyone who has died. Mm-hmm. Is it a, a deep breath in or a deep breath out or both? It's usually like a, a, a small in, but it's an out. It's a big, so, yeah, like so, an so, out. And, yeah. So like it's almost you hear they're breathing it. out their life. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, right. You just hear it and you can just see it. And the, the way the face just relaxes, like yeah. you just know. Yeah. Is there a, a medical term for that, the, that? There breath? probably is, but yeah. I can't really think of it okay, right now. Sure. It's yeah. been, we used to just call it the last breath. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what hap- What do you do after the last breath? So 
um, usually after that you'd have to get the person in charge on so the registered nurse would have to come in and double check to make sure um, then once that's happened you have to call the, a doctor because a doctor needs to come in and certify that the person's deceased then and where do you get a doctor from well each patient in the nursing home is assigned to doctor so, so we have doctors that come to the nursing homes so if this is three o'clock in the morning you have to call a locum doctor okay and they'll come out so and, six hours later yeah exactly right sometimes so what do you sometimes do sometimes it would there's nothing you can do, do you, you put, have is to there wait. any more no you pretty much um would contact the family if there's any and before they come you need to clean and wash the body make sure it's decent you have to put when you pass away, your mouth just automatically opens. Mm-hmm. So you need to get this. Uh, the first thing you really need to do is get a towel. We used to and pop it under the chin to keep the mouth closed. And then we'd pull the blankets like right up. So it keeps the mouth shut. Because if not, you've got a like an open um, mouth. Because re- when, when does rigor mortis kick in? Um, I'm not sure how long after. Because you want to close it, the mouth before before it kicks in. That's stickings. right. What about the release of fluids and? Yeah. You've got to clean all that up, which so usually does that happen happens immediately. Or? Sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it takes like a bit, a little yeah. bit. Sometimes we've cleaned them all up, and the family come in, and then it happens. Right. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do. You can't obviously. do think about that. So they're just passed away. You call in the the nurse. You call the doctor call or the a locum, and then you call the family. And then you tidy them up. <laughs> you tidy them up. You close the mouth. Yeah. Keep the eyes closed. Under there. Leave their chin, and then what? Then you, uh, after the doctor's certified them, you have to call, like, the coroner. Or the, depending on the funeral parlour or how they've died, depends who you call next. Right. <laughs> so then you'd call the funeral parlour to be in their notes. So if it's pretty straightforward, um, it was, you know, perceived, you know, they were dying yep. of cancer and yep. it, it, they've succumbed to their illness, it, it, you go straight from the fu- uh, doctor, doctor certifies the, the funeral parlour. So parlor. they'll come out and get them when they're ready, which yeah. could be hours. Yeah, sure. Um, so they're just sitting in bed this whole time while their body's digging. Usually the family come and they'll stay however long, then they'll leave. Can they stay? How well, is there a limit? For- no, they can stay as long as they want. Really? They can stay until the coroner, until the funeral parlour comes or whoever comes to take the body away yeah. if they want to, but they don't usually. Yeah. They usually come in, see the body, stay a bit, and leave, and then we're left to deal with everything else, which is fine. So you're really just waiting for the funeral to pick parlor up the body. or the coroner. The coroner can pick up the body too? Well, sometimes, depending on how they've died, yeah. if it's... Um, Slightly more complicated than predicted. Yeah, then a coroner needs to come and get them to... Um, just double check. They need to take them away. Yeah. And make sure that there's been no foul play. So do an autopsy. Um, if we send a patient to hospital and they die, they they go to hospital and come back and die, then we need to call a coroner. They need to check it because it's weird. Yeah, but sure. They just got to make sure that there's been there's no, no strange things going on there. Strangeness. Okay. Yeah, but we usually are the ones that organise all the funeral stuff, everything. Is that a, a weird emotional time for you? How are you feeling when you're with someone and they're and you're in? The final moments with them. Um, I'm usually fine when I'm there. Like when I was there, I was fine. It was when I would come home mm-hmm. and like talk about it or not talk about it that it would hit. Like I'd get sad because it'd make me think of my own personal journey with things like that. Sure. But um, I'd feel good also because I didn't let someone die alone. Yeah. Someone that was really scared to die alone didn't die alone. So. So a bit of a double-edged sword there. Yeah. Like pulled up memories from people you've lost, but. Also, at least 
you got to comfort someone yeah. in their final moment. And that's really all I could ask for. Like, yeah. If that's my last thing I could do for someone, yeah. then I'm more than happy. And there was times where I wouldn't come home from work for hours because I'd be sitting there waiting and yep. I didn't care. It's the job but not as well. It's just being a decent human. Yeah, sure. My shift's over. Hang on. I'm really sorry. I've got to let you die alone now until the next shift, next shift comes on. Yeah. But I couldn't do that, so I would just stay. Didn't sure. bother me. But I miss all that too. <laughs> what You Ask For Extra is our interview show where we talk to somebody and share their story with you. We believe everyone has a story to share. And if you'd like to share yours, email us at askedforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. It was um, hard times, but good times as well. So, so you've shared some stories about your nursing, mm-hmm. having shared those, and I imagine there was a couple there that you shared just that have come off the top of your head yeah. <laughs> as you're talking. What's your, your takeaway from your whole experience, your life as a nurse, your experiences as a nurse? What um what's some what's some positive things that you take away from the experience? I think it's all positive. Even all the bad stuff that's happened, I think it's all been positive. I've learnt a lot more com- like uh, more compassionate. I've got patience. <laughs> like I don't think I was ever a patient person until I became a nurse. It's just I don't know. It's a you have to. I don't even know how to say it. Not I don't think anybody can just become a nurse. I think it takes a really special type of person. And people who get into it because they think the money's great is seriously in the wrong profession because the money is not great. The money is shit for what nurses do. What sort of person do you have to be? Do you think I be think you a just really need to be have empathy and compassion for people you can't be selfish you can't be a selfish person it's not about you when you're a nurse it's about everyone else i'm guessing you've met some selfish nurses i was trained by very selfish nurses (laughs) and always promised myself i'd never become one of them you're happy that you didn't oh yeah do that so you've learned to be patient i think so patient and just i think i see death differently like it's a lot of people are scared and things like that and Mm -hmm. i think it's not a scary place to go yeah like if i don't know where you go after but i don't think it's scary i don't know how to explain it it's very strange it's um i think it's taught me to accept it more like you know death is inevitable there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) it's gonna happen sure regardless of your age i guess it's a common fear amongst people is Mm. death it's the the end no return but for you you're saying that you don't have a fear of death no i'm not i'm not scared um if it happens it happens there's nothing i can do about it so what's the point of being scared of it yeah so you're not anxious about it no i don't want to die alone but hey if it happens it happens what can you do If I'm in a nursing home, I hope there's a nice nurse holding my hand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my karma, <laughs> karma come back to me. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Sounds like you got some good memories yeah. as well. Well, thanks for sharing your story. This is part one of a two-part two episode. Yeah. So the second part, we'll talk about why you're not nursing anymore yep. and your journey from then, from when you stopped to, to now yeah. and what's been involved. Yeah. Uh, I think we kind of touched on it a bit in the What I You Asked For. I think a little bit, yeah. Regular episode number five mentioned earlier mm. in the episode. Um, so it'll be quite a different oh, yeah. 
Very different experience. But if you've listened to this and you want to maybe hear some more stories, do yeah. you think we could do Let another episode? Yeah, we can. Yeah, for sure. Um, because it sounds it sounded like we only really touched. We only touched. We did only touch. Because I think when someone tells you, says to you, what stories do you remember, it's difficult to start remembering them all because you have so many and you just don't know where to go with it. And particularly if you haven't been working in that oh, yeah. field for a it's while. it's been a long time. It feels you're, like you're, it's been forever. Your focus has been on other areas yeah. in the last three years, so a lot easier when you're living that life and you probably pull them up quite yeah. easily. It feels like a complete, like, different life. Yeah, like it, yeah. Like it wasn't my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. things have changed. So we'll, we'll talk about those yeah. changes. You're quite comfortable yeah. to share your, I'm your journey in the last few years. and If it helps someone else out, then I'm all for I it. I certainly think it's a worthwhile story to share as well. So thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story and – I hope that our regular listener or two <laughs> listeners who have heard you on other podcasts have a have a bit more of an insight yeah. of who you are. Because, I mean, we don't really talk about ourselves. No, I know I, I go to great pains not to talk about myself <laughs> too much, hence why I always introduce myself as the curator yes. or CM Morrison. I try to distance yep. myself a bit, but I mean, maybe it's inevitable, maybe – one day. Maybe I'll be in your seat sharing my story. Who knows? One day. But, yeah, that's a story for another time. I'd like to end on a quote, if I may. Yes, thanks for having me, by the way. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Regular co-hosting <laughs> guest. The quote I want to end on, I thought, you know, it's nice to have a bit of a thing yep. when you have a podcast. Like uh, with our regular show, we have a catchphrase that I always forget, which is <laughs> always be curious. Yep. With uh, the rum recordings, we have, if you don't know history, you don't know shit. Yep. And I thought for this one, this is fairly new. I mean, this is only the second or third episode yep. uh, of this show. So I thought our thing for this show could be that I end on a quote yes. that has the word extra in it. Ooh. And the quote is, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra. How good is that? That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I've been your curator, C.M. Morrison. Do uh, get in contact if you want to, if you have any questions, and particularly if you have any questions for Daniela, uh, you can email us. If people would like to contact you, Daniela, directly, how can they reach you? Um, you can contact me at Relish Me Now. Um, or that's my Instagram or Facebook as well. And my email address is Daniela underscore relish at yahoo.com. Excellent. Thank you for being on. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And all right, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Chubby is the What You Ask For podcast's free form show, where I discuss whatever I decide at the time. Think of it as our random show. So join me, your curator, on a chubby odyssey most weekends. Thanks for listening. This has been a What You Ask For podcast, part of the Asked For universe. Thanks for listening.